sitting on it, sitting on it for far too long, but eh, it's, it's, it's all good. We are live on Berry Flow Upstream number 64. This one's entitled Good for, you know, ironic reasons, but <laughs> we have a great little crew tonight. We've got Editor-in-Chief of Crackberry, Mr. Blaze. How you doing, man? Not too bad yourself. We're here. It's a nice Labor Day weekend. I mean, got to appreciate that, right? You know it. Take some time for ourselves as well. We have oh, our good buddy uh, Alex oh, here as well. How you doing, Alex? What's going on? What's going on? Uh, not not too much, man. Just just chilling, relaxing after a long day of work, putting some carpet. So that was interesting. It may not be inherently obvious, but Alex actually cleaned his room, guys, just yeah. for you. So that's, yeah. that's pretty big. It looks like he actually like rearranged things as well. Full rearrange, you know. For you, it was all for you. I wasn't thinking anything about myself, so not not familiar with this landscape, but at least yeah. <laughs> Brian is still uh, still supporting yeah, the cause. That's <laughs> what I was gonna say. Brian's still chilling in the back, though, so it's all good. Oh yeah, all good, man. That, I still can't get over it. This is like BlackBerry's biggest acquisition ever. Four hundred and twenty-five million is nothing to laugh at at all. It's almost half a billion dollars. That's Quite a lot for BlackBerry, especially considering their cash position of only like 3.1, 3.2 billion. Yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, general impressions on the acquisition. It's very um, interesting, kind of doggy dog style, and it, it, we haven't quite seen that from BlackBerry in, in a while. You know, it, it's funny because a lot of people are saying, you know, uh, BlackBerry, you know, you shouldn't be spending your cash on hand, but it's like right now, like they're being valued at a little bit more than cash on hand. So if they could spend some of that cash on hand, make acquisitions that can help bring them in more revenue, um, yearly revenue, which will actually help, you know, it's kind of ridiculous, but they could spend some of their, their crazy amount of money acquiring companies and be valued at more than just, you know, cash on hand, because cash could just get burned away, whereas, you know, acquiring companies, and uh, obviously you're burning it away, but if they could be income you know, sources, and that's one thing. Even though Good was losing money and things like that, <laughs> so I guess that's maybe not the best. They kind of turned uh, it around this last this last year. Yeah. So when they tried to IPO, it was rough. They really did not have enough going on. They didn't have enough yeah. cash, really. Oh, got like didn't they lose yeah. like $100 million yep. or something like that? Yep. That's it. I mean, you know, I lose that much. Very <laughs> I mean, I, I got that kicking around my couch. Dump my couch out, get some bus money out, you know. What did you What did you tweet earlier, Chris? Pablo Escoblaze? <laughs> Hilarious. You talked about cash and couch. That's a Narcos joke for those who uh, haven't watched it yet. Uh, but um, before we get, because we'll, we'll talk about that really in depth before we do our little Q&A. If you have any questions, jump on the <laughs> YouTube link. We have a live chat going. Any questions asked there toward the end of the stream, we'll be talking about on the broadcast. But let's talk first about ad hoc, right? We just are, are talking about an acquisition, but they're still closing on another acquisition for ad hoc. Hasn't quite gone through as of yet, still going through the regulatory stages. But they just secured a 200, uh, 200 airports through a TSA contract, which is pretty awesome. Again, leveraging out their mission-critical uh, ability to deliver those messages in, in timely manners. Pretty cool stuff. I mean... Not necessarily BlackBerry news quite yet, but we know that acquisition is very likely going to go through. What did you guys think? Is it good to hear more coming out from other other companies that BlackBerry is now looking to acquire? Do, does that fall really under our BlackBerry umbrella? Is this something we should be reporting at this point? Well, I mean, at this point, I think it's something that we, we kind of have to report because there 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 is realistically so little actual BlackBerry-specific news that... 
you know, all of this stuff is sort of um, sort of coming up, and, and this is the news that BlackBerry is creating for themselves. Okay, you know, there. When I say there's very little BlackBerry news, it's like very little BlackBerry hardware news at this point in time. All of these acquisitions that they're making, like we're discussing Good and we're discussing Ad Hoc and and uh, you know Q and X, um, a lot of that stuff sort of has to be reported on at this point in time because that's the information that BlackBerry is putting out there. These are the things that they're doing. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't still don't necessarily understand exactly what BlackBerry is doing. But this information, when this information comes out, it shows that, hey, you know, BlackBerry is still doing things. It may not be directly related to their hardware stuff. It may not even be stuff that's necessarily interesting to everybody but there's still things happening within BlackBerry and, you know, of course, throughout their subsidiaries. Um, I think I think all of this stuff really needs to be reported on. Um, one thing that I think that has sort of, um, I don't know, kind of not necessarily been neglected or anything like that, but hasn't exactly been pushed to the, the forefront by everyone is, is how important you know, Qnix is to BlackBerry ten or sorry, BlackBerry at this point in time because you know it's a big portion of, of the organization now. Um, they have have it in automobiles and stuff like that. But I think for the most most part, a lot of the stuff that happens with Qnix doesn't actually get reported on because of the fact that it doesn't have any relation directly to hardware devices or anything like that for BlackBerry. So. We, we tend to miss a lot of that stuff, and a lot of people don't really fully understand exactly what Qnix is, and it's really hard to lay that that specific stuff out and explain it to people. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, any news about any of the organizations or subsidiaries that BlackBerry is working with at this point is pretty, pretty good news to actually maintain and put out there. I mean, it, being realistic, how many people actually... Yeah, you know, thought that BlackBerry had four hundred and twenty-five million dollars kicking around oh. to even purchase good. You know what I mean? People like don't. People, know people were genu- yeah. yeah, people were genuinely surprised at the fact, like, where the hell did BlackBerry even get four hundred twenty-five yeah. million dollars? You know, like the, that. That's as sad as that sounds. That's the actual scenario that that people live in, and people realize like they don't they don't even care about BlackBerry to that point, like. Like I said, they they were genuinely surprised that BlackBerry had four hundred twenty five million dollars to even be able to purchase good. And, and it's not it's it's not even so much that it was good. It's like that they bought out one of their big competitors. <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't just another you know company we had. <laughs> Do you want to see how big it has been? But uh, and Alex, we'll save that graphic because okay, I want to okay, have okay. A, a fuller discussion okay. on this a little bit later. But Chris brought up a really good point when talking about how vital QNX is to BlackBerry right now. If you really look at the numbers, John Chen mentioned there's 30 million p- people on BlackBerry devices, yet there's double that in terms of connected cars running QNX. Mm-hmm. So from a customer-based perspective, hardware is becoming a marginalized thing for them, right? Software is really where they're finding their forte and where they're ultimately going to be making their money. Of, and, of those 30 million, are how many on BlackBerry Town? Like 10 million or so? Or what? what is, do you know what the breakdown is? If you count the quarters for sell-through on BlackBerry 10 devices, we're looking at like 10 to 12 million, so yeah, okay. half and half maybe. And uh, it, it doesn't help that just the supply chain channels, when BlackBerry 10 first initially launched, just sucked. They were awful. 
I mean, you know how long it took for the U.S. to get the Z10 Q10, let alone <laughs> the rest of the world? I mean, that's not a way to, to start and launch a, a brand, especially when you're trying to bring back. So there's a lot of stuff in the past that we can't focus on anymore, but I think looking forward, they do have a lot to leverage, as Chris said, with things like QNX to really drive forward. I'm glad they're making acquisitions and that those acquisitions are at least getting some media light because the ad hoc thing went out to a lot of places before it hit some of our channels, like the, the BlackBerry-specific channels. So I thought yeah. that was cool. People reported on it knowing it was going to be BlackBerry, basically, right? Well, the thing the thing with ad hoc is that it, it's very, you know, it's very centralized. I mean, they have their they have their own market for that stuff, um, you know, specific websites and stuff like that. Like people weren't weren't necessarily fully expecting that sort of thing to appear on a BlackBerry website of all things. And it sort of goes back to the same thing with Qnix. Qnix has their own sort of environment. They operate on their own and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of a lot of people, especially like, you know, the people that we're targeting uh, on CrackBerry and Berry Flow and stuff like that, a lot of those people don't necessarily fully understand the dynamics that Ad Hoc brings to the table for BlackBerry or, you know, Qnix. Even I don't even understand some of the stuff that Qnix does in terms of how it all works and how it all pieces things together and, you know, just general general uh, operational procedures for Qnix and stuff like that. I don't understand it, so it makes it really hard to report on it at all, all points in times because, you know, that that they have dedicated websites for that stuff. There's people out there that are, are paying attention to this stuff, and, you know, for for us and uh, for CrackBerry and, like, Barry Flow to report on it, it's kind of like we're, we're learning as we go as well because of the stuff... This stuff isn't necessarily known to us. We're, you know, it's it's not a phone to be able to go ahead and report on. Yeah, I'm not gonna get a review union of ad ad hoc's. Uh, yeah, you, <laughs> well, no, yeah, you're not gonna not gonna get a a, a review freaking airport to play around with ad hoc. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Like, can I get a copy of the TSA contract? Maybe I'll, I'll go through with the fine tooth comb and, and talk about some of the numbers, but. It's good news, nonetheless, right, that the markets are moving forward. They're seeing the value in ad hoc, and, of course, the value BlackBerry sees seems to be inherited at this point with, with the acquisition. So hopefully that does go through. I don't see why it wouldn't. Really, it, it seems that they're closing this good deal faster than I expected. To yeah. say we're going to close the deal by November means it's, it's been on the table for some time. They've been Maybe not on the table, but they've been after this for a while. Yeah. And it kind of comes back to that same core principle of the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? So if you look at their big competitors, VMware and Mobile Iron, picking out good at this point is helpful for good and it's also helpful for BlackBerry. But I want to focus a little bit more on some of the software side, what BlackBerry is doing right now. Chris put out a great post on CrackBerry talking about a BBM Sticker Club subscription that looks to be available in some of the beta versions of BBM, which of course has brought over the, the PayPal integration for some users. What does it say the sticker club is? Is it just kind of a subscription-based sticker model? Yeah, at this point, it it doesn't really say much about it. Actually, it's basically is the um, excuse me the explanation. I'm just trying to bring up the post here so that I can actually read it and not misquote it. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't actually lay anything out, like in terms of what it exactly is. It's. It's honestly a little bit confusing as to what it says. It says become a BBM sticker club member today and take advantage over 
of over 100 stickers that you can use now, plus the mini sticker packs. See, 100 stickers isn't that many. Like, pack-wise, that's only, what, like, four, four. packs? Yeah, so there's like, I'm a little bit I don't know how many packs that. there is at this point. Yeah, like, the whole... Plus the mini sticker packs, though. Yeah, it's very confusing wording, which obviously, you know, I don't, I don't think they're going to leave it at exactly that. I think it was something that, you know, kind of appeared in the beta, and now it's there, and they don't, you know, maybe they didn't necessarily intend on making it available for everyone because you can't actually subscribe to it right now. Yeah. Right. And you can't actually even update to to the the version when you try and subscribe to it. It tells you that you need uh, a higher version of the BBM beta in order to be able to access it. So. We know that it's coming, and it's something that, you know, love it or hate it, people have been asking for. We've, we've mentioned it many times yeah. here on Barry Flow. Let's, why are you charging for stickers? Why not just make it a subscription-based yeah. model? So, what price do you think it's going to be at? Because realistically, even Everything at Everything else is a dollar at this point, so yeah, I assume I, it would be a dollar. Yeah, at a dollar a month, so $12 a year, that's still even, like kind of a lot of money for someone like me, for instance. I've probably spent, I'd say, 10 bucks on stickers that I now own, and I'm really not planning on buying any more stickers aside from, we'll get to it a little bit later, a special sticker pack that came out. But, you know, I, for me at least, that doesn't totally make sense because 12 bucks a year for, you know... It, it does make sense, Alex. Think about it. If, you were, to me, buy, though, if you were to buy five packs, yeah. which you probably already have, yep. you've spent more than $12 or $12, right? So mm -hmm. at two dollars each. So to spend that same amount, but then have more access to more stickers, because again, there may be just a hundred, but they may but be a hundred from you're always from more right. packs, right? You might yeah. get better access and things like that. I, it yeah. just makes sense to give it people however they want it, a la carte and subscription, both. That's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it sounds like Alex is saying that he would, he, you know, it's going to be too expensive. But I mean. Like I just said, we we asked for it, so now we're getting oh, yeah. it. So, People hey. will be buying it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, the unfortunate thing is that it doesn't necessarily appeal to me because I don't have, I don't really like stickers. I mean, I buy them, you know, just to be silly and fool around with them, or like when a cool sticker pack comes up that like Pooter is there, and some of the, I guess you could say, more branded ones, like the Archie and the Jughead ones. I bought the Archie comic ones because I love Archie comics and, you know, whatever. So they they, they, they ding me for a dollar or two dollars here and there, but I'm never going to subscribe to the sticker club. It's just like not something for me. But at the same time, I do recognize that there are people out there, and that's that's one of the things that I don't... I don't fully understand when when people say that they're not going to use stickers or that stickers have no place on on BBM or anything. Like obviously, if you hate stickers that much, you don't have to purchase them. You need to realize that the market is much bigger than yourself. Okay, like there are yeah. people out there who will continuously buy these stickers. They will subscribe to these things and they will pay the money for them because it's cool. It's interesting to them. You know, even even Google Hangouts now has stickers inside of it. Facebook Messenger has stickers inside of it. You know, Line Chat, WeChat, all those things have stickers. If you're not offering stickers, you're losing out on potential money. Okay, so, how? Yeah, they're silly, but who yep. cares? 
how do developers get paid in this scenario, though? Do they actually monitor and say, hey, you know, these sticker packs are being the most from the people in subscriptions, so we're going to give them, you know, X percentage of however much? Because obviously the sticker, the people that create the stickers have to get paid. At, at least I, I think they get paid on... Is it is it like a one-time, like, you send in a sticker pack, here's 500 bucks, or is it, you know... The percentage base, just like apps. Okay. I won't say the number because <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, it's <laughs> fair. It's better than some, let's put it that way, in terms of a percentage cutout. But it, again, it, it comes to a point where you put this sticker pack in the shop, and then the promotion and marketing goes totally, totally down to the person who put the pack in, right? Because yeah. aside from it, it being in the shop, there's really no other kind of appearance of it. There's no real showing of it aside from it being there in the shop. So it's it's tough for sticker makers to really, really make money. That's why most of the packs are kind of conglomerate from these different sources that are just kind of pumping them in as opposed to you know custom-made ones like what we have yeah. with Pooter. I, I want to talk about Pooter Mobile Sticker Pack because we've been waiting for it forever. Up. I think literally the first upstream podcast, like a, over a year ago, we talked about it. Like, yo, we need to get those sticker packs. <laughs> I was at a cartel concert in Orlando. I want to say it was April, and I, I was on Twitter for some reason at this concert. That's how that's how much fun I was having, right? And uh, it it just dawned in my my head. I was like, I, oh wait, I do have a BBM contact. Let me uh let me reach out and see if I can get a contact with the sticker team and. and if, you know, whoever's working on that. And I'm at the concert on my BlackBerry Classic, and I'm, like, sending the files and getting everything together, trying to connect Marco and the BBM team together so that we could get the sticker back in. And lo and behold, six months later, after a lot, it took a lot more than I expected, but they did get the pack in, and that's just awesome. I really like the Afro one, I'll say this. <laughs> that was made for you. Like, you... you... That was a custom-made sticker for you, absolutely. Man. It's funny because Chris, Chris killed my my hopes and dreams. He sends me this picture, a screenshot of his BBM chat. He's like, "Bro, hate to burst your bubble, but <laughs> he sends me the dark theme BBM and like the hair that I have and the sticker is like black. So of course you can't see anything. So it just looks like the fro kind of disappears into the blackness of the uh, the theme. So I was like, oh, what a okay. bummer." Then I asked him why he was using Dark Theme on LCD, and he's like, because I can. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. But it's really cool that BBM is at least accepting of these indie artists, right? A lot of the They have a lot of big brands in BBM, right? Disney's in there, Pixar, and a couple other sticker um, content sources as well. So it's good at least that they're bringing in unique content, content built for them and accepting that in their shop. So it's yeah. pretty cool, I, I'd say, that... Uh, Marco was able to get the opportunity to put their stickers in there. Hopefully now he can fast track more, right? Maybe he can get some other ones in oh, there. Now that his foot's in the door, yeah. I mean, realistically, there are some really bad stickers, too, that it's like his, you know, they're great. Um, at least in this pack particularly, like, he doesn't stray too far away from the normal kind of, you know, sticker from BlackBerry, but it gives its own, you know, different kind of touch on it um, that makes it unique, and, you know, I'm liking them a lot. I think... Um, we we like we're not just happy to support Pooter. Like these are good stickers. Um, let me actually pull them up. I have I just took a few screenshots and set them over to my computer. So we'll see how this goes. Make sure that nothing. Uh, one second here. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to see any of your website, uh, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> okay, here we go. Puppies and cats. <laughs> yeah. So here are some of the stickers. Alex has got them up here. I'll lock it on his screen. You can see some of them here. This 25. is the one that James was. 
Yeah, it looks good on on light theme. Yeah. I will say my hair looks quite good. Yeah, your hair, I love, your I love hair disappears on the black one. <laughs> <laughs> the, the mind exploding, the the kind of a uh, binocular ones. They're just these are expressions that we have. I mean, everyone wants like a middle finger, you know, because we all want to express. <laughs> And this gets kind of close with some of the things. I love the little heart one that's got, the psh, I ain't dealing with that. The French one. It's just really cool. Definitely check it out. If you are into stickers and you're looking to support a good indie developer and designer, definitely check them out. This one is called Sketch Express. You'll see that the actual stickers themselves have a little bit of a sketch, a uh, little design mentality yeah. with them. They're really expressive, really emotive, and they're just awesome to add in conversations. I love the uh, the scheming one as well because I, I use that one frequently. Yeah. Definitely check pack. out. It's it's one of the better packs that's in there. It's better than the Stones one because, God, that one's awesome. Oh, man. What, it's just like, what does that one have? It's just like Stones with like paper faces on them? or Yeah, little sticky, googly eyes on rocks. That's all it is with, like, somebody took, like, pictures of the rocks themselves, which yeah. is terrible. I don't think it exists anymore. It might, but I haven't seen it lately, so yeah, maybe, there's all maybe somebody pulled too. it out. <laughs> yeah, that was probably the worst. <laughs> so, I, I think at this point in the conversation, gentlemen, we're about halfway through here. We can finally get into the meat of the conversation, what most of the viewers are going to be watching for. Let's I'm ready talk, to pull that picture up, man. Let's talk about good technology. Before you bring it up, I want to talk about a little bit of maybe the why behind it, right? There's there's a lot of speculation. None of us are in John Chen's head at this point. But from a numbers perspective, if we really think about the good acquisition, why is BlackBerry doing so many acquisitions, right? Is it because they, they can't build the stuff themselves? Or are they really looking to streamline everything? And I, and I personally think that's really what it's coming down to. Think about it this way. For BlackBerry to spend time and money and development costs to build the equivalent of what they've just purchased, it's arguably going to work faster for them to just buy someone who's already doing it rather than building it out, getting the certifications, paying for the tests, and all that nonsense. It just would take a while for them to create and get to that leadership position that they want to be in in the enterprise mobility management space. So when you look at it, they could continue spending a bunch of money to build this themselves, build it all in-house, or make an acquisition and do an integration. And that's probably going to be less money over less time for them to create and integrate to build such a platform. So really, if we look at goods, the good side of things in terms of their finances, they were running at about 400, uh, excuse me, $42 million cash on hand. For a company in the MDM space that wants to innovate and stay at the cutting edge, so to speak, of what they're offering, because they're connecting to wearables, they're connecting to smart devices, tablets, surfaces, over at Good. For them to continue that that innovation is going to require a cash burn. When you only have $42 million to play with and you got to pay people, you know, it, it gets you to a point where you really don't have enough to continue to stay innovative. So for them, doing a deal with BlackBerry after a failed IPO... It just makes sense. Now they have the cash to continue to bolster and build up their leadership position while amalgamating with BlackBerry to continue building out the platform. And now Alex can bring up his, his little thing here. From a market share perspective, they bring a lot into into correlation here. So break it down for us, Alex. What are we looking at here? Yeah, I mean, I, this is this was surprising to me and, and maybe it's surprising to some other people that you hear BlackBerry is this 
you know, market leader um, in, in, you know, enterprise mobility management, and they're sitting at a 9.5% of the pie. Um, good apparently was actually a little bit larger in terms of the overall pie of 1.4 billion uh, total market. And so together now, they're going to be close to sitting at almost tw or 20%, which is kind of like, you know, aside from this, the rest of the market, which could be a bunch of smaller companies, they will officially be like by far the largest of, of everything. So you're looking at AirWatch, which um, I, you know, my uncle, I know a lot of people are currently using AirWatch, their large corporations are using it. So they're going to be almost twice the size of AirWatch all of a sudden with this acquisition. And it's kind of like, you know, if you can't get companies to, to try out BlackBerry, it's like, well, if we acquire you and you're already using this company, well, you're going to be forced to use BlackBerry. And then when you see our service and how great it is, you'll stick with us. So it's that's one way to, you know, expand the market and, and get more users and, and things of that nature. I had to throw that in because Darius isn't here. Um, but yeah, I mean... There's a lot to be said. There was an impromptu conference call that happened right afterwards. Chris, did you have to, minute. Yeah, did you have to catch that, uh, that webcast? Yeah, I watched it. Well, listened to it, I guess you could say. What uh, kind of kind of intelligence did you get from it? It was pretty short. I think it was like 20 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't long at all. It was just basically John Chen laying out exactly why they bought the company, how they plan to essentially go ahead and integrate it, and, um, you know, it, it was it was pretty basic. He didn't, he didn't lay out anything truly specific to say, yeah, this is how we're going to go ahead and move forward with it. He just basically said, yeah, we're just going to operate as uh, as is with them, and eventually we'll get around to integrating them, and, you know, that's that was it. He kind of hurried off the off the stage, so to speak. And yeah. Here are some of the notes that I collected, right? We're looking at 160 million GAAP, which is, which is obviously GAAP. So non-GAAP, it may be a little bit less in terms of what they're actually going to be reporting, but they expect to get that 160 million in revenue within the first year. So starting November, that's when the clock is ticking for that 160 million. They are looking at, of course, a write-down of some of the IP and where some of the crossover is, right? Some things they're going to stick to a BlackBerry-specific solution. Other things, they obviously are going to go with a good solution. We're looking at software, security, IoT. They are expecting, John Ched mentioned, expect smaller acquisitions from us here on out. He's like, this is our big acquisition. Don't expect us to up the ante from here. We're going to be looking at smaller targets in the future. Right now, Goods has 80% recurring revenue, which is pretty phenomenal, actually, when you when you look at that as a number. 64% of the good installed base on mobile devices for MDM are iOS. So again, working well to bring them cross-platform. We know they're focusing on you know a lot of Android stuff right now, or so it seems. But again, 64% of the goods customers are on iOS using iOS devices, so it gives BlackBerry a lot of clout in that space working on iOS devices. Specifically, John Chen mentioned mobile app management and the Good Dynamic platform. The Good Dynamics platform is really, really interesting because it basically has an open API where developers can plumb in and build their own apps securely within the containerization that Good offers. So again, you're, they're buying 2,000 plus applications to then tie into their platform as well. So again, really cool stuff there. Working on a cross-OS container, good works, good dynamics, and application wrapper, they're working to be best in class. With buying good, now they are top of the class. They control 
and can do anything across any device, anywhere, anytime, even wearables, as I mentioned a little earlier, which is pretty cool. As Chris mentioned a little bit earlier, they are looking to build out one unified platform for all of this. And that's pretty awesome because, again, you're not going to have to choose between using Bez, using Good. And, and it could get confusing for users. So it's good. He mentioned it may take up to a year to build this unified platform, but do expect one at some point in the future. Again, they're working on obviously upgrading some modules so that Good can connect as well with Bez 12. So some really cool stuff, some cool numbers coming out of the acquisition. I think it's pretty positive. Chris, of all the acquisitions BlackBerry has had so far, what do you think is your most, I guess, maybe not your most, but what's what's the most interesting in your opinion? I know we had some acquisitions that seemed like very BlackBerry 10 specific, like Tungle and uh, some of the other ones for like the calendar and whatnot. But what is your specific, like your favorite acquisition that BlackBerry's made over the years and why? And Alex, think about this in your head because you're going to get the same question. Mm. Well, let me break it down to, to some important things. Um, I think their most important acquisition was probably Cunix. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, the most important one was probably Cunix for which, sure. Which they only got for $200 million, which in comparison, like, think of the scope, yeah. right? To yeah. Get, to get good for twice that, over twice that. And yet Q and X seems like way more important as a core piece. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I think they also they also wasted a lot of their acquisitions. Um, so yeah, Cunix was was obviously one of the most important ones, but one of the ones that they sort of wasted was Scoreloop. I mean, they basically bought Scoreloop for seventy one million dollars, and they essentially just shut it down. It no longer exists on BlackBerry ten devices. Like it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, documents to go. They bought documents to go for fifty million dollars in September, but they haven't really done anything essentially with documents to go. I mean, the app still exists. They, it's still, you know, on Android uh, and iOS and stuff like that. But it, it, there hasn't been any like, you know, where's the profit? Where did that fifty million dollars go? Are they are they earning any of that fifty million back? Um, what the hell happened with Dash Navigation? You know, they they didn't disclose how much they bought Dash Navigation for, but what the hell happened to it? Uh, Torch Mobile was was one of the the biggest acquisitions that they had as well in terms of you know fundamental things that they needed to work out because anybody who is still using a BlackBerry OS device uh, knows that the browser is horribly slow, uh, but Torch Mobile basically helped them bring us into what is now the BlackBerry 10 browser. But at the same time, I feel like Torch Mobile was a little bit of a, a wasted acquisition as well because uh, the BlackBerry browser, as good as it is these days compared to what it was previously, mm -hmm. it's, it's starting to lag behind now as well. And I don't think that there's a ton of development going on there. Um, yeah, they seem they seem hyper focused on like the HTML5 score, and that's not everything, you know. Yeah, like that. A lot more to, to performance and and refinement than just that that number. Yeah, Secu Smart was a good acquisition. I, you know, I think I don't think that they really made any great acquisition acquisitions until like 2012. 
basically, they, they picked up Paratech in 2012. They picked up SecuSmart in uh, 2014, MoVirtue in 2014, Watchdocs. A lot of the acquisitions that they have made recently are, are pretty peak for them and pretty substantial. A lot of the stuff that happened previous to that sort of just seems like a little bit a little bit of a waste. What happened to Vigo? Like, Vigo was basically social feeds on BlackBerry OS after they they purchased them and integrated them. But it, you know, where is it now? What what did Vigo bring after they closed that deal? I don't know what the hell they did with Chalk Media. They bought Chalk Media in two thousand and nine for like twenty three thousand dollars or something like that. Twenty three thousand. No. <laughs> It's twenty three million, I think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what they did with it. Um, they bought Cer Certicom. Certicom was a huge one too. That was in two thousand and nine. Yeah, that was a pretty big one. It's, and it, it's interesting with Certicom because only now are we actually starting to see some benefit from Certicom. Like you know, they got play off of Certicom recently with all of the IoT infrastructure and stuff like that. Um, signing the certificates. Uh, all of that stuff, but you know, Certicom was there previously, but only now are we actually starting to get some play off of it. Slipstream was one of their first acquisitions, which was basically data compression. So I guess you could say that was pretty huge for them, con considering. Uh, yeah, BIS is still sort of around, so yeah, know. I mean, it, it's still there. That was not service revenue, basically. Yeah, you know? it's not the not the not the biz that we all were familiar with back in the BlackBerry OS days, but it is still there, and it's still still doing what it was meant to do, which is compressing data. So, yeah. Alex, yeah. what about you, man? What, what were some of your favorite acquisitions? You can yeah. count recent ones. I mean, there's so That's... many recent ones as well. What are some of yours? Yeah, realistically, there is the... Um, obviously, I, I, I will say QNX, or QNX, whatever you want to say. Just... just that is obviously always going to be like at the top there. That was obviously uh, Tat was like a great one for you know I, would would the playbook have even like been what it what well people didn't really like what it was in a sense but <laughs> would you know this would BlackBerry ten be what it was today because with Tat didn't that come cascades and all this other stuff too yeah that basically brought so that basically brought their whole damn UI over so. yeah so like obviously Tat is probably right up there with Qnix. Um, but realistically, like I'm, I'm telling you over here because like this morning when I heard this was happening, I went to the good website. Um, I went to Mobileye and then I went to AirWatch and I was watching all the videos that they had showing off, you know, what apps they have for for Android and iOS and and how they looked and how the back end looked and everything. And I just kind of felt like a lot better about BlackBerry's position because I went and checked out the video for you know what BlackBerry offers yet again. They have like a nice six-minute video showing really the capabilities of Bez 12, and just the fact that like a lot of people, no one really likes, you know, like good or mobile iron or AirWatch. They don't really like the experience that they get on Android and iOS. It's not really a good experience. It's kind of just a solution. So if BlackBerry could actually go in there and improve it, like especially if this next slider device has Android on, and they start focusing a lot on developing a, a, a good Android solution, then they could actually, it, it'd be great, just bring in material, make it a, a recent looking app, because all of these current apps, they look so old and outdated and no one, no one's happy about using them. So if BlackBerry plays this right, then I think this could be a really big play and, and it gets me excited about this. And again, they spent a lot of money on this company, so 
I'm hoping China has some some good reasons to do it. So um, I'm excited about it, but in a weird way because it's not like I'm I'm overly excited about uh, enterprise mobility management or anything. But in terms for the the company, uh, I think you know it, it gets me a little bit excited. Really gets the people going. MDM man. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's so whatever. That's that's kind of like what I was thinking when they announced the acquisition because you know once they announced it, I had a bunch of people. BBM and me and stuff like that asking me about it. And just to play like sort of devil's advocate, I was like, who cares? You know, they yeah. bought good technology at the end of the day. Who cares? I mean, take a look at, at what it did to, to their stock price at that point in time. Oh, but the stock was going down for the entire market too. Like No, no, no. I I understand that. And and I'm not I'm not downplaying the good technology acquisition yeah. in any sort of way. I'm just saying like how many people you know that our Crackberry readers and Berry Floor oh, readers no actually are going to care about this. No you know, it, it's amazing that they bought it. It's amazing that they have four hundred twenty-five million dollars, and I think it's a really good acquisition. And I'll have it anyway. go ahead. And it's really, it, it's probably going to be something that is really beneficial for BlackBerry. But on the ground level, the majority of people are looking at this, going like, they don't care. So what? Who cares? But this is such a big part of BlackBerry that I, I guess, like, yeah, we look at BlackBerry as this device manufacturer in BlackBerry 10, but that's not where they're going to be making the recurring revenue. You know, it, they're software, man. Like, this, that's what they are. So I, I get it. It's not that great and that exciting and that, you know. Yeah, it's not sexy. <laughs> it's not sexy at all. But, like, if that's what makes them money and keeps them alive, then, man, this could be the best, you know, acquisition ever. If, if, yeah, if I, it helps keep BlackBerry alive, then great. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, because of it. that's my take of it as well. Like, you know, somebody posted something in the forums the other day, and they were like, I knew you were against the Android slider. I'm like, I'm not against the Android slider. I honestly don't care what it runs. If it runs BlackBerry 10, great. If it runs Android, so be it. I'm for BlackBerry survival at this point in time. As long as the company yeah. survives, I'm pretty much good. You just <laughs> named the slider survival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that would be, be a little too close to home. Man, that, that Avenger awesome. survival, what's the difference? <laughs> But I, I I generally think that concept gets lost on a lot of people because a lot of people are like, yeah, we want BlackBerry 10 devices. We want BlackBerry 10 devices. And I'm like, really? You want BlackBerry not to sell? I just want okay. BlackBerry to freaking survive. I don't care what they put out. They could go back to good technology and put an add-on MP3 things for, for PDA devices for all I care as long as the company survives. <laughs> How throwback would that be? That would right? <laughs> BlackBerry enters the MP3 space a decade later. <laughs> now, I honestly think, it, you know, we're talking about the acquisitions, what are some of our favorites. I really like the J-Cut acquisition. That was the, that was the acquisition for video editing, so StoryMaker and the, the native video editing that we have on BlackBerry 10. That is an acquisition along with, with just some of the other things they developed that I feel take that cross-platform, show people that you are a software company and you're good at it too, right? And and charge them a little bit less, right? Charge them a dollar instead of iMovies five dollars, but show them you can create a comparable experience with the same stuff. That was you know, there's tons of stuff out there they could do. With that JCut acquisition, when that was going on, everybody basically saw the JCut website, right? Because 
Does everybody remember that? Jcut had a website. A web, you, it was a web editor. You went to the website, you could load your stuff and edit it right there. It yeah, awesome. so where the hell is that? You know what I mean? Like, why didn't BlackBerry just basically create that? Why didn't they evolve that as well? You know, that, that would be an amazing additional asset to have in the arsenal of applications, I guess you could say, for BlackBerry. Like, why did they take that away? Why why is that missing? Like, why why is my editing limited to, to, to my BlackBerry 10 smartphone at this point in time when they have these solutions and they could give me a a web editor, or they could even, you know, essentially just wrap it up into a freaking app, an app that I have on my Mac and on my on my PC. Like these are the things that 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 frustrate me when it comes to acquisitions because, and that's that's what I was saying about it seems like some of them were wasted acquisitions um, because there were things that were additional that we that existed at that point in time before those acquisitions happened that we no longer see. Like why 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 was Tungle Me, you know, essentially shut down? Like why isn't isn't that website still up? And why can't I, you know, for example, ep- export some of that stuff directly? Like if I wanted to switch devices, especially now, it, when when the slider is uh, something that they're working on, like why doesn't that Tungle Me website exist so that I can export it to like an iPhone or an Android device and move my data more? more cohesively to wherever it is that I want. I mean, obviously, BlackBerry decided as they wanted to lock you into the BlackBerry ecosystem at that point, and they're not wrong for wanting that. Apple does the exact same thing. But, you know, it seems like some of these these acquisitions and some of these things that were previous, that were available previously to the acquisitions would have been essentially beneficial for BlackBerry to actually continue on their own. Like, I want to be able to go ahead and pull data, pull a video from my BlackBerry 10 phone to my desktop through Blend or whatever and upload it to the cloud and edit it on my computer if I really wanted to. Why? It, it, that just seems like something that, that was, would be like a little bit of a no-brainer to me to, to offer that additional incentive. But, you know, what do I know? There's, there's so many things. I mean, you mentioned cloud and cloud connectivity. They bought Nubay. They bought a cloud company. Yeah. Servicing carriers and top brands in the in the UK and, and, and in it's just so many things. I mean, they literally at BlackBerry World they showed us sending a file from a playbook into your car, an MP3 file, and then playing that MP3 in your vehicle. I mean, crazy awesome stuff, right? That that Pooter Mobile mind blown uh, sticker. But again, they never went on forward to develop these things. Maybe they didn't see the cost benefit in doing so. As a software company with a software focus, maybe pull up some of your old ideas because they're still pretty relevant in today's space. Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of the stuff. That... Yeah, BBM Music. I mean, <laughs> that would do well today had you had a big partner to help support you. You know. Yeah, BBM Music honestly was ahead of its time, and it was Way. just implemented terribly. You know, if that if BBM Music could be revisited and revamped and done appropriately. I would definitely see some beneficial sides to that actually being done, especially today with Spotify and with RDO and you know Apple Music and all of these things. If BlackBerry had the clout or even the initiative to actually go ahead and re-implement some of these things that were previously available, you know, it would be it would be something that would be interesting. And I'm pretty sure that they could make some money off of it. It's just whether or not they see the beneficial side of it. 
and, you know, obviously the CEO knows more than I do, but I don't know. It just it seems like they they could be doing these things, but they're not. But they are doing some things, and right now it seems, at least in the last year, they're very, very focused on, again, that software that software forward mentality to bring yeah. bring themselves forward on some of that stuff. So at the very least, they're focusing on where their bread and butter is going to be in the next couple of years. Yeah, and that's good because I just want BlackBerry to survive. <laughs> it, it, it brings a point, you know, I mentioned this a little earlier, where you can invest and spend time and money a lot of money, to pay the people to build this stuff out for your own. But when you look at the scale of things, Good is about a 600-person company. You may be able to trim some of that, keep a lot of those people in place. Alex and I were talking a little bit earlier in our Berry Flow group that Good's marketing is fantastic, right? Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of how they've been successful is marketing a migration away from BlackBerry. So, again, maybe they can keep some of that prowess for themselves and bring it to the enterprise sales teams and really push forward on bringing these devices and bringing these services to a broad spectrum of users. You know, we've said this before when talking about like Android specifically on, on something like a, a Venice or, a, or that slider device. It just would make the sale easier, right? I'm, I'm trying to make an enterprise sale of Vez 12. You want to buy devices, but I don't really have anything I can get you readily. I'm sure to get a BlackBerry 10 device right now actually would take some time, you know, whereas opposed to like an Apple iPhone or whatever and then a Samsung, you could probably get those like on the spot because those supply chains, again, are strong, they're vital, and they're still in action. So with BlackBerry 10, we really don't know where it stands. We know there's a forthcoming update, 10.3.3. But me personally, this is what I don't want to happen, and I think you guys could echo a little bit of this. I don't want them to bring a slider it be innovative or whatever the case may be, it run Android and a bunch of new services, but those services and applications be better than what we have on BlackBerry 10. I'm afraid the hub on Android is going to ultimately be better than what it is on BlackBerry 10. I, I think really well, the Android version might be a little bit more refined, and, and, and I want that kind of same update on BB10. If yeah. you're going to bring the features, make it parity across all... I, I think you really do need to define better, though, because there was actually a huge, you know, kind of forum argument going on at Crackberry about the hub. Um, the hub, in a way, doesn't handle Gmail the best, especially if you're using Google Apps for work. It doesn't let you create new folders. It doesn't let you file properly. Um, and you can't remote search from your phone if you have a Google Apps for work account. So do you think that the hub on Android is going to work flawlessly with Gmail because there's a billion Gmail users, you know, who have an Android device. Like, obviously, when you move over to Android, a solution for Android, your focus is this better work really well with Gmail. And there's no archive option on within the hub. There's, like, delete, which deletes it. And there's this whole thing going on. But it's like, so if if it ends up running really well with Gmail on Android, does that mean it's better than BlackBerry? Well, to some people, no. I mean, a lot of people who are using BB or Black or BB10 right now. They don't care about Gmail or conforming to you know making stuff work, whatever. But like, there's such a, a layer of like, what is better? It's not going to yeah. have like left swipe gestures are going to be a thing on Android, and they're never going to be a thing on BlackBerry 10 because left swipe, you know, breaks the UI. Like, left swipe brings you over to. And that's no. the thing. I think I think better would be in terms of not accessibility to the application, but how the application itself functions. What we've seen in the screenshots, be they concept or whatever the yeah. case, 
has things we don't have quite yet on BlackBerry 10. And that can be said about a lot of things. Like, yeah. Yeah, on Android, you can select multiple stickers without having, or excuse me, multiple emoticons without having to <laughs> go back and then resort and go through. I mean, yeah. that's a, just a very, very basic example. But yeah. that is a lot. I mean, their focus right now is elsewhere. And I, and I really hope that when a forthcoming BlackBerry 10 update comes, it yeah. at least things on, on an even playing field. Because if it's not, you're going to push people away from BlackBerry 10. And that's really the last thing you want to do to your hardcore yeah. Your hard hardcore base because but, they're the ones who've been keeping you breathing at this point. Yes, but like you're talking about a potential, you know, billion users as opposed to we just said it, you know, 10, 11, 12 million people on BlackBerry 10. And I totally get it. And I agree. Like it would suck for for even the calendar or the the uh, the contacts app. Like for them to not be as good as Android variant. It's like that's a depressing thing. But realistically, in a weird sort of way, it makes sense when you're talking about just just sheer users and there's this whole thread going on in and the android subreddit where it said you know are you do you choose a manufacturer and stick with them so for instance are you a nexus person you always get the nexus device or are you always a samsung you always get samsung device and most people said no you know whatever comes out i weigh them against i might be a nexus person here i might be this here i might be a blackberry person like if blackberry goes into the game unlike someone who is an iphone apple they always get an iphone apple that's how they are a lot of people with Blackberries, they're like, I just get the Blackberry. Well, Android users, they just are looking for the best device at the best price at that point in time. So Blackberry really doesn't have a shot with this. And when you're dealing with just so many users creating, like, I, it's sad, but I really do think they're going to focus primarily on creating great Android app experiences. And Blackberry 10, we've even seen BBM, as you mentioned, falling to the wayside a little bit. New features There's also to Android first. Like, There's also the, the consideration that you have to... Android is, has so much more extensibility than what BlackBerry 10 has at this point in time. They can do more with Android because of the fact that it, it's already built up. The tools are there. They don't, even, they don't even have to do anything with the tools because Google has done all of this work. Google has tossed you know, however many millions into Android already, and they have this developer ecosystem and all these things. Meanwhile... We're basically watching BlackBerry 10 development just, you know, lag off at this point in time. What's happening with BlackBerry 10 development at this point? Nothing. You know, there it, it's pretty much at a standstill at this point. So, how can you how can you, you know, advance BlackBerry 10 if there's no actual development going on within the, the ecosystem itself? You know, BlackBerry has sort of come to a standstill when it comes to BlackBerry 10, but Android is still going. There's more to work with on Android at this point because of, you know, the money that Google has has pushed behind it. You can do pretty much anything you want with Android. You can make it better. You can make BlackBerry 10 applications such as the Hub better because of the customization that Android allows for, whereas BlackBerry 10... Right now, it's currently limited to whatever you know BlackBerry has available, and it doesn't seem as though that they're making anything further available at this point. I'm I'm really torn to really understand what BlackBerry is thinking in terms of just keeping that core. I guess they assume the core user base is going to be there regardless. Like that, that they're waiting to just, you know, shut up and take my money, so to speak. <laughs> but, 
but I'd love them to, you know, we saw about this, like, Lewis Hamilton at the bottom left corner of the screen, there may or may not be a slider device. <laughs> Does it matter? I mean, if he was doing a hands-on teasing it, then maybe I'd be like, all right, that's, that's pretty cool. Let me share this. It button. is interesting, though. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of cool, you know, for them to see it in such a way that the device is being seen but not necessarily explained. At this point, it's it's September. I mean, if this device is going to launch in November, you need to start talking about it. You need to start putting it out there. Hey, it does exist. Hey, this is the plan. Hey, let's get hyped about it. Even if it's kind of vague hype, Something official would be great because what we have officially so far on the slider is from February, March, like the Mobile yeah. World Congress. It's pretty old, and to base our current observations off of what we know and what was told to us and shown to us at Mobile World Congress would just be a little bit blasé, I think, at this point. I really hope they kind of put the continue building this up like they're doing and get the hype built because at this point they need to start talking about this device and getting it out there. We've talked in previous upstreams how the Android community seems really, really interested and willing to take a look at this device. But then you've got you to have that out there. One of BlackBerry 10's biggest failings is not that it was immature, but that it was not talked about. People don't even know BlackBerry 10 exists yep. in the general scheme. So to, to stunt BlackBerry 10 development by building Android is really just... It, it's it's uh it's a double standard so to speak because as they build Android they'll still be able to get and garner more attention than they would trying to promote something that no one ever knew about in the first place you know yeah. September twenty fifth is the uh, yeah the Q two quarter end call so I don't know September 25th sounds like a, a good day to celebrate the Passport launch by basically announcing a brand new device to me. BlackBerry Passport was launched on what? September 24th? September 25th? Mm -hmm. Sounds like appropriate place to actually go ahead and start announcing some stuff. I'd agree. I would agree. Here's the thing that for me personally, I mean, BlackBerry 10 will never be matched by Android. There's no way you can a hundred percent give me what I get on BlackBerry 10. And I know we're all excited about whatever device is coming with the slider. New hardware just, you know, <laughs> it just puts us in a haze in terms of what it actually is. <laughs> but I, I'm afraid that at the end of the day, it's just not going to quite be BlackBerry 10. I feel like the way they contain the apps with the runtime, the way it's slightly hybridized so that some things work across the share and vacation framework, I mean, Really, the simplicity and the accessibility of BlackBerry 10 is what makes me so excited and, and such a big proponent of it. And I get the Android without without having to deal with the data mining that comes with Android. So if we're hearing rumors now lately that the slider will be an Avenger, which just I can't even. But what does make sense as part of that little rumor leak would be that patching some of the Google services with BlackBerry ones. And that could, again, enhance the security of the overall offering. What do you guys think? I did a, a long piece, uh, a too long, didn't read, kind of TLDR about a potential of using a, a QNX kernel beneath Android to kind of, basically you put security on the top end, security on the bottom, and you secure Android by basically protecting it from itself. Sandwiching it. Basic <laughs> clamshell, right? You, you just cup it, and then, you know, you have the BlackBerry security all around. Do you think that there's going to be a big security push with this if, if we get Android? 
do you feel like there's going to be a security push, or are they still going to kind of fall back on, yeah, we have an Android phone, but if you really, really, really want security, go get the BB-10 phone? I don't know, man. I, I want to go ahead and think that they've done something innovative and totally creative with it, but at the same time, I know that BlackBerry basically has traditionally always pushed their security through Bez, so traditionally speaking, you know, that's that's where the security comes from. They, they've always pushed, yeah, you can have great security if you couple this hardware with our software being Bez 12, and that, that seems, seems to be the route that would be I don't know if you could say normal or if you could say expect it or whatever the case may be there, but I fight with myself to basically say, you know, are they going to do something innovative with this? Are they going to raise some eyebrows and make people wonder, or are they just going to toss out an Android device and say, yeah, you can have it really secure with Bez 12? You know, it, it, to do that would be almost you know, normal or expected. But at the same time, I want them to do some, something creative and something innovative and actually, you know, change the way, fundamentally change the way that Android works or, you know, just basically improve upon Google's offerings. I want, I want Google to be like, how did they do that? Like, you know? They, they created, they, they made Android more secure than what we were even able to, and we created Android, you know? I want that sort of sort of innovation to actually happen, but I don't I don't know if it will. I think they'll just fall back to, to the expected normal plan. Yeah, just based on what we've seen so far, and I hate to say this, but it, it kind of is what it is, to put a lot of investment into an Android phone at this point, and it being a high-end phone at that, from what it seems like in terms of the specifications, it just seems kind of like their acquisitions, just like a little bit of a waste, right? You could put so much into this Android phone, but what's going to sell it is not security, you know? What's going to sell it is the accessibility to the apps and, and the overall productivity that you're going to get from it with the software yeah. that's built in. It's not going to be the that security layer that BlackBerry is known for. And, and again, if you make Android secure, what do you do to BlackBerry 10 in the process? Do you cannibalize that? And I still feel or want to believe, I, I still want to believe there's a place for BlackBerry 10 in this world. And really, it's, it's really to that 1%, that top tier that they're not even going to touch Android, let alone assume BlackBerry has secured it in any means, right? They just want the most secure end-to-end they're going to go BlackBerry through and through, which is a, what a lot of governments still do to this day. And a lot of that 9% that we were looking at in Alex's earlier graph. What about you, Alex? Do you think they're going to take on securing Android? I mean, we've seen literally their domain, Android Secured. But as Chris <laughs> very readily earlier that it's always attached to Bez in terms of security. Will they come out with an ad saying, you know, We've secured Android. Here's what we've done to do so by our device. Yeah, you know, I it's just such a larger like if you think of the people who are the major decision makers in large organizations, they are IT admins. And as sad as it is, a lot of them hate Blackberry because they're so used to dealing with everyone's Android. First of all, these people Normally, aside from Jeremy, Jeremy's a very big exception, but they love the the Linux. I'm gonna, you know, um, 
you know, jailbreak this or do this and blah, 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 blah. They want it the way that they want it. So when someone says, you know, what's a good phone to get out, they're not going to recommend a BlackBerry. They always recommend Android. And then they're so used to working with iPhones that it's like, well, you can get an iPhone or an Android. Once you throw a BlackBerry or a Windows phone in the mix, those are two more platforms that they have to learn, be able to manage, and if someone comes to you with a problem, it's just a pain. You'd rather be a smart IT person, IT tech of a company would rather maintain one or two phones, not three or four. It's just because having to know more the nuances of each thing. So if BlackBerry does focus on Android, I think these decision makers that the CEO, you know, says, you know, what should we do? The CEO is not the one making the decision who we're going to go with, you know, AirWatch because I heard that's a good sounding name. You know, it's the IT person that's going to make the ultimate decision. So if they say, you know, BlackBerry is a great solution and they have a great, you know, mobile device management solution that pairs with the phone very well, they will probably actually recommend it because it's Android and they're used to it. So I think a lot of the barriers to entry that have currently been going out with BlackBerry might be thrown out the window. So I, I, I do think that they might focus on Android if the uptake is, is good. If they go into these these enterprise markets, these enterprise places, and they say, you know, we have a secure Android device, they're like, whoa, a Android? Wait, you have an Android solution? The IT person will be more accepting of it and actually go forward with it. Yeah. So I think it makes sense. I think they'll focus on it. IT admins would rather light their hair on fire than use something BlackBerry in some cases. Yeah. And they are the, the barrier to entry right now. So I think that really has been one of the driving factors that's been pushing BlackBerry out of enterprise. It's these, these techie IT people. Something we didn't mention with the um, uh, good acquisition, they basically just spent $425 million on obtaining a lot of Android and iOS users. Yeah. Yeah, that's mainly that's mainly what uh, good service they have Android and iOS users. So BlackBerry essentially just spent 425 million on acquiring a bunch of Android and iOS users in some very large positions. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> in the very simplistic form that you know. So I want to transition to some of the questions we've received. And, and no, I don't want to take no questions. Forget it. Let's go. We're done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just a couple here. We got about like I want to do another five minutes of this. We got some here, and some of them are some of them are pretty on point. What would you name the device? What would you name the slider? I, I personally am very very fond of BlackBerry Shift because it shifts from an all touch to a keyboard, right? It shifts between, you know, a BlackBerry 10 and an Android. And it's a shift in market strategy for BlackBerry saying, hey, we're going to go Android. Yeah. That's Blackberry my personal pivot. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the BlackBerry pivot, right? <laughs> something, yeah. something like that. What about you, Chris? What would you, what would you name such a device? Uh, I like your idea. I'm not going to steal it, though. <laughs> <laughs> you're just, just going to borrow it while you think of your answer. Yeah, pretty much odd. Uh, I honestly don't know what I would call it at this point because you know we we have a have a very long form going on with everybody naming off names and stuff like that. There has been a lot of interesting names that have come up from there. Um, also, as that silly Avenger news was coming out, I started digging through some of the uh, the old BlackBerry patents that they have um, through the the 
U.S. Trademark Office, Patents and Trademark Office. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in there that remains unused at this point in time. Some of the stuff is dead, so you know they, they sort of gave up on it. But BlackBerry Jet is actually listed as something. Uh, BlackBerry Cipher is one of the trademarks. Now I realize it has has nothing to do with any sort of slider mechanism or anything like that. But I actually really like BlackBerry Cipher. <laughs> yeah. If that would be dope. At least if, I, if I had to pick something that isn't BlackBerry Shift. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm looking up synonyms right now for for the word slide and and shift is obviously in there and then I see glide and then I see flow. Could we do the BlackBerry flow for Berry flow? That's so, that's so funny because when Marco did his render of the BlackBerry slider, we called it the BlackBerry flow, yeah. which is that was a year ago. I mean, that was like December time. Literally, I was like on New Year's Day. January yeah. put that and out. Shout out to Dylan there for the Blackberry Glide because the Glide is pretty pretty uh, pretty nice name as well. But yeah, I, I, I can see know. people like out in a field trying to throw it and like it doesn't go. <laughs> <anywhere>. <laughs> They're like this thing doesn't glide very well. <laughs> Returning it to Verizon, damn it. <laughs> Uh, we had another question here on some of BlackBerry's top competitors and how they can compete against them. So we're talking AirWatch, Citrix, and some of their other competitors with Mobile Iron. I will say I've asked a couple people in top enterprises what they're using, and a lot of them are using Mobile Iron, which is just like, why? There was a massive security breach earlier in the year in the UK for users using Mobile Iron. They took over the entire infrastructure. They were pinging people's phones like... Give us your data. Was <laughs> I mean, that a VIA or a VIA or something? Yeah, yeah. And that was running mobile iron. So it's like, obviously not a secure solution, but to not go that way. Like, I feel <laughs> like they just IPO'd barely off the skin of their teeth, and they really don't have a lot going for them. Biggest competitor, in my opinion, will be VMware. They did a great acquisition of AirWatch recently. They're working in the virtualization space a lot like QNX is already. And again, BlackBerry, AirWatch were right in that MDM space. So personally, I would say AirWatch is the one they need to take out. But with good, now they're double on their market share size, basically. They almost yeah. have them by 50%. Which is do you think they would they would ever go and try and acquire Mobile Iron? Like, do you think they'll try and bleed them out and just let them die? Or they're going to get them to a level that, that they're obtainable? Or does it not make sense to just acquire for market share? Maybe this good acquisition wasn't just for market share. I, again, we think it was for a lot for the apps and things that they have as well. Um, maybe Mobile like Iron uh, seems to be doing a good job of bleeding themselves out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so do you just let them bleed them out? Because a lot of people are wondering, you know, are they going to acquire Mobile Iron na next? Well, maybe there's no reason to. Maybe no they valid. did the acquisition no for the reason. Yeah, it's the too expensive. Again, they had a major security breach. Well, buying that doesn't get them anything in terms yeah. of clout in the market. No. It, I if think anything, they, it would probably bring them down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marco's like, we'll invoice BlackBerry on the name flow. Don't worry, James. <laughs> in, the, in the live chat. I'm glad Marco's looking out. Uh, I hope he has a legal team behind him because I don't. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me load up Kickstarter. We'll get started on it. <laughs> I want to tease here as we close out a little bit of our conversation that we do have a new podcast coming. It's kind of been a secret. We haven't talked about it too, too much. Um, that'll be coming soon. It's in it, The editing has been done. We're, we're working on the music right now. Chris 
thankfully was a part of our, our pilot episode, and it's a lot different than Upstream, so you, you guys are definitely going to be liking it when it comes out. We have Don't more worry, guys. I, I won't be there. I know you're sick of me. I'm, I'm out here every single week. <laughs> Don't worry. Alex, Alex, was, Alex wasn't invited. No, it's it's, it's going to be a really fun project for us to do on VeryFlow, and we're really focusing on culture and technology and, and really talking about that on a very broad scale. So uh, uh, the conversation we had, uh, when, did, when did we do our pilot, Chris? Was that back on Wednesday? That was this past Wednesday? Yeah, I want to say it was Wednesday. So that one, again, it's in editing right now. You guys are really going to like it when it comes out. It, it's it's just eclectic, a lot different, and it's shorter, too. So you don't have to sit for an hour to get the whole thing. <laughs> probably the biggest benefit. It didn't talk any BlackBerry stuff, so you can keep that in mind as that comes to a head here. It's really good. It was fun. You know, it was it was different for us, which was which was the nicest part about it, right? We didn't have to just badger on about BlackBerry or Android because yeah. we all know you're, you're sick and tired of that conversation. Yeah. So we're, we really are. <laughs> we're really waiting for BlackBerry to tell us something official so that then we can have an opinion that at least goes the right direction, right, instead of just being super speculative. Yeah. Yeah. But until then, here we are, right? <laughs> Speculating, rumoring. <laughs> BlackBerry Avenger is such an awful name. Please don't. Can I? Look, I have... Don't do that. I have no idea whether or not that name is real or whatever, and I'm not going to discredit anybody by saying it is or isn't, but I'm going to say you don't, you obviously don't associate yourself with Marvel, and you obviously don't associate yourself with Samsung when you're trying to launch a new device on your own with possibly a brand new platform. When you think about it, the Avenger name is huge in its own. There, there's yeah. like, that's like, it's not you're, messing, you're messing with Marvel at that point, and you're messing with with Disney, and you don't want to mess with Disney because Disney will take you down in terms of, of protecting their IP, okay? And there's already Marvel devices out there with the Samsung Galaxy S6 Edge, okay? You can get the, all of the Avengers themes on there. You do not associate yourself with those things while you're trying to probably, at this point in time, as far as we know, launch essentially what is a new platform for your services and sell people on a totally brand new device that they have possibly never actually um, thought would even come to market. You don't associate yourself with an already existing brand. No, no, I just no. want to toss that out there because that is sound logic at that point in time. You do not do that. <laughs> so the leap made more sense than adventure. Well, the leap, the leap is a the leap good name. Just it could have been used great for the slide, like this device. Finally, yeah. You're leaping <laughs> all the other Android devices, dude. It leaps up three inches to reveal the keyboard. <laughs> now, here's another funny thing too, right? We we have um a, a user in our Berry Flow team who works with Disney, and they're using Mobile Iron. John Chen is on the board of directors yeah. for Disney, yet they're using a competitor. In terms of <laughs> device management, it's just like some things don't wash out. Some things don't make sense at the end of the day. But there are so many customers that are mobile iron, as Alex and I were talking about a little earlier, that John Chen could work to solidify again to bring them back over because they were with Bez for quite a while there, moving over as part of, again, the sentimentality that surrounded BlackBerry. I imagine it's a very, very big change, though. Like if you're on one 
one you know company. I think it's in, like all of the devices that you have set up for how say that you have tens of thousands of of employees. I think it's kind of a pain to switch. Like once you just get comfortable with the company, I think you know the barrier to leaving is is low it, or very very high. It's it's yeah. a big thing to change. Also, your CIO is looking at himself right now, like, "Oh crap, what a yeah. <laughs> Also, this was this was something that was mentioned to me through uh, one of my friends on BBM chat, and he was basically, you know, he he sort of inquired as to why, like, you know, um, oh shit, good technology has all of the. Well, I don't want to say all because that's not right. Um, they have DOD contracts. They have Department of Defense contracts and stuff like that, right? Air Force and military, Navy, so on and so forth. Um, why would the military and the Navy and stuff like that go with good at that point in time? Um, you have to have to take a step back and consider that organizations don't necessarily go ahead and update their MDM software on a regular basis. And like Alex said, it's yeah. something once you're set into those sort of plans, you're not willing to go ahead and, and you know basically wipe the slate clean and go somewhere else at that point in time. Now, you have to take under consideration the fact that when BlackBerry 10 started first coming out, there was a lot of people that were moving away from BlackBerry at that point in time because it was such such a sketchy launch and such a such a tumultuous time for BlackBerry at that point in time. A lot of those organizations had to make a decision. Do we go with BlackBerry? Do we stick with BlackBerry? Or do we go somewhere else? And at that point in time, I think a lot of those organizations basically looked at the situation, said, hey, look, BlackBerry may not necessarily pull out of this, so we need to have a backup plan. And that's when BlackBerry sort of lost some of their customer base in terms of their enterprise solutions because of the fact that it was such a tumultuous time and things were uncertain, and those customers left. And it's going to be a while before BlackBerry can actually repair that reputation and win those customers back because, again, they don't, you know, you're, you're, you're not changing your MDM on a yearly basis. Right. And MDM is something that you choose for, for a long period of time, like five years, whatever the case may be, two, three years, you know. So I think as BlackBerry continues to make these acquisitions, continues to grow their, their their software side of things and basically improve upon their reputation, you're going to start seeing people come back to BlackBerry as well um, yeah. for the enterprise solutions because, you know, now, now it, it, even though they're not 100% not to where they were previously for the enterprise solutions, I think people are looking at the situation again and realizing, hey, BlackBerry is not dead. Like, no matter how many... How many yeah. times the media has reported that the company is dead? They're not. They're not going anywhere. They just basically spent four hundred twenty-five million dollars on and another a competitor. Yeah, and and yeah. you know Disney straight from their website are approximately one hundred and sixty-six thousand employees. So think of all these people that are used to using AirWatch or whatever they're currently or Mobile Iron you said they're using. Um, so all these people that are used to going on their Android and iPhone, going to the Mobile Iron email client or whatever. The, the, the five apps that they're used to doing, well, now you have to train probably 166,000 don't have these apps on their phone. They're probably not high enough management to need them. 
But like that's a lot of people that you then have to train to you know delete this app now you have to install this one now you have to learn this one you know people don't like doing that and like it it is a very big barrier to to you know yeah people are so abrasive to change look at any comments on any BlackBerry website about <laughs> any Android article yeah. and you just oh my god I can't even do it yeah. at this point there's so many people that are so parochial and narrow minded when looking at BlackBerry survival which is what Chris and I were talking about a little earlier it's like there are business sentimentalities that need to be put ahead of your customers. And it sounds crazy, right, that you put your customers behind any other priority. But to be able to keep them as a customer, you need to be able to keep your platform secure in terms of not only, obviously, the security and encryption around it, but as well secure in the sense of there's going to be a foundation here. A year ago, this time, BlackBerry was for sale, and that's why a lot of customers left, right? As Chris said, it was so sketchy, it was so uncertain that a lot of customers and, and companies needed to make a decision that they could at least stay with for a couple of years and, and be secure in doing so. Now, obviously, BlackBerry has made a lot of strides and a lot of acquisitions to re-solidify themselves in that space. But you really need to look beyond the devices. We love BlackBerry logos at the top of our devices. We love BlackBerry 10. But the future of where BlackBerry is heading is really going to be outside of that small, small space. That 12 million users, give or take, <laughs> or BlackBerry. It's the tens of millions of users out there on other devices and locking them down anywhere, any device, anytime, right? And that could extend beyond even, uh, you know, just general purpose mobile devices. Imagine putting Bez 12 connectivity to a Surface tablet you know, or something like that, where you really have a full computing platform that being you can also manage through the MDM solution. I honestly think at this point, guys, we're, we're just getting closer and closer to that slider launch. And me personally, I'm so excited to see how BlackBerry is going to present themselves. Passport was a device that had been in kind of, it had been in the factory, you know, it had been already in the works under Thorsten Hines. We haven't seen much in terms of Ron Lukes and, and John Chen actually bringing a device to the market fully themselves. Even the leap from a reference platform was probably floating around there for, for a while, right? Oh, yeah. And, and there's been speculation in, in, in Crackberry and other places as well that continuing to pay Qualcomm to build the drivers to support BlackBerry 10 has become a very expensive thing, whereas Android, they're already building those drivers. So really, from a cost perspective, it may be more beneficial to run over to the Android platform for some of your devices while still focusing on the core platform. The drivers have already been built for the Passport reference platform, which is the quad-core and the three gigabytes of RAM, etc. So potentially, this next line of devices that we see, which again, we may not see many at all, maybe one or two max per year, we may be able to see a Passport-type specification brought on to an all-touch factor or things like that. I sent Chris an article on BBM the other day talking about the BlackBerry Prog, which was a rumored lower-end all-touch BlackBerry device that would be running Android. Have we heard anything about it since? No. But again, there's been things floating out there in terms of what the roadmap's going to look like. At this point, we need to support BlackBerry and what they're doing, regardless of whether it's a focus on hardware or a focus on software. As Chris mentioned a little bit earlier, at this point, it's about survival and flourishing. We need to solidify the base and then build forward. Right now, we can dream about these devices we want to see, but that's not the core business right now. Yeah. 
<laughs> Oxygen. No, I, I, I still, a lot of still have like, my Z30. Yeah. No, people are bringing up that exactly that in the chat where it's like, well, if BlackBerry slowly transitions to just be uh, an MDM enterprise software vendor, you know, is there any reason, like, what reason do any of us or can, communities have to, to remain? And, and I said, you know, BlackBerry has always focused on productivity and, and messaging. And I think that's what we love them for. So if they continue with the BlackBerry Experience Suite, and if they have you know one device a year, whether it's running Android or BB10 or whatever they're doing with it, I think we'll stick with them. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they do just just back off and fully do EMM, then I don't know. Maybe the communities probably wouldn't exist. I don't think a lot of us are even enterprise customers. Nope. It, it, but we all are enterprising to a degree, right? We're not in an enterprise, but we all have a business focus about getting things done. Chris has it with his work on CrackBerry. You have it on your website with Cyberbytes Inc. and your clients. A BlackBerry in the hub and, and the services that we get through the devices yeah. are, are allow us to stay on top of that stuff, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm here to support them literally until we are, you know, until we're laid to rot, so to speak. And we're far from that at this point. BlackBerry is making smart investments in their future so that they can continue to defy the market. And that's what my, my Ratchet article was about, right? That BlackBerry is a little bit nonsensical in the sense that they just do not want to give up. And buying one of their competitors out is a very, very strong sign that, yes, we're serious about software. Yes, we're serious about cross-platform. And regardless of what you think or say, we are going to be here to stay and support these customers that do understand and believe what we're offering. And drops mic, throws mic across the room. <laughs> Here's, out of everything, basically, at this point, I think as long as BlackBerry stays true to what you said, like the productivity, uh, the efficiency, everything like that, there's as long as there is a BlackBerry piece of hardware that is being sold that is a phone, I'm probably always going to have it. I'm always going to have it as long as BlackBerry continues to put out products and sticks to what they're actually good at. I mean, that's that's the long and the short of it for me. I don't, I don't see myself going anywhere else because right now I have Android devices sitting here. I have a Moto G 2015. I have an... I, iPhone 6, and you know what? I don't use any of them. I still continue to use my BlackBerry, even though everybody makes fun of me for it. <laughs> One but, of these days, we're going to put you on a stress test to see how long, without a headache, you can go using some of these other platforms, Chris. <laughs> I've tried. I've tried to use, like, an iPhone, and I honestly just get frustrated with it because of the fact it just... I hate email on it. I get so much email in the run of a day that I have to reply to that I just don't use it. Like, I stopped answering emails when I use an iPhone or an Android device, even as good as the Android client is uh, for Gmail on on uh, Android. I just don't use it. I'm just like, I don't want to do that. Maybe it's a lack of keyboard. Maybe the slider will solve all of that for everybody who has the same problem. We've talked about this a little bit before, and there's been an extensive thread on CrackBerry about it, but... Is BlackBerry an experience, or or is BlackBerry just a closed ecosystem, right? The BlackBerry of the past has always been this kind of closed ecosystem where the apps, the services, and everything, OS, the hardware, 
was all again centralized and controlled by BlackBerry, and now we're seeing you know rumors of an Android device, which literally goes and inverts. I've said this previously, where BlackBerry 10 is BlackBerry with a little bit of Android. Now it seems like they're doing Android with a little bit of BlackBerry, yeah. and that they've just kind of taken the formula and flipped it on itself. But ultimately, you get the same thing, and I think that's what users, at the end of the day, whether you hate on the slider or whether you hate on Android, you're going to see this device, and you're going to be like, all right, I'll buy it. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and it just amuses me because there's so many people that are like, I will die with BlackBerry 10, and it's like, well, BlackBerry 10 is really kind of transcended now. The core services of what make BlackBerry 10 are now elsewhere. Yeah. It's yeah. the experience suite and the like. It's, it's really expanding, and whether you expand your own gaze to kind of see and visualize that change is really going to be up to you as a user. And, and that kind of goes down to Android security. Security on Android, as it is on most devices, is down to the user, right? People wonder, you know, Android's not secure, it's this and that, but if you look at how Android runs apps, it runs them in a secure container just like it does on BlackBerry 10. But again, if you allow permissions to penetrate through that layer, you lose the security. So it's it's making sure you as a user are also keeping security in mind. It's not so much just about your OS and what you're running, but you yourself have to be a secure user, right? If you end up on Ashley Madison for whatever reason and they get hacked, <laughs> you can't blame your device for that. That's you. That's all on you. And, and really it's a transcendent conversation because as BlackBerry looks forward to kind of expand their offering, they have to communicate that to people. They have to say and explain our DNA remains. We have changed as a company name, Research in Motion to BlackBerry, as a company product from hardware to software, but our security, our core DNA remains the same. Productivity, best-in-class communications, security. That's what it's all about, right? Hopefully John Chen can continue to honor these things as we go forward. It's gone a little bit longer than we expected, but I mean this is BlackBerry's biggest acquisition to date with good, and hopefully in short time you can really start making some money out of it. 160 million a year, 425 million, and about two and a half years, they'll have paid off, so to speak, their acquisition, and be able to really start accruing from it. When John Chen made his previous comments on 500 million in software revenue, he was clearly looking at the acquisitions and what he was going to do to buy that revenue. Because I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Do you curious. think that's the, do truth, that's the or truth, or do you think it was like, hey, you know? I, I, I don't know I if don't I'll know reach I'll this, this, so... Exactly. He's already kind of amended it with BBM, kind of downplaying that the impact that's going to have. I honestly think they're aggressively looking at expansion right now. They slimmed down the workforce so that they could make these acquisitions and do integrations without pissing people off, right? Without having to fire off half of the, the, the teams once they get them. I, I personally feel that way. What about you, Chris? Do you feel that they're looking to expand continuously? or that we're going to see a slowdown on some of these acquisitions? Well, I mean, eventually there's going to be a slowdown at some point in time, but right now it seems as though that they're going forth with it. I mean, uh, if you actually take a look back at a lot of the things that John Chen has said and you look at the acquisitions that they have made, a lot of it actually seems, <laughs> quite honestly, premeditated. Like, he couldn't say exactly what he wanted to say at that point in time, so he said what he did, but now we're seeing seeing you know either the windfall of it because you know he he got up on stage at one of the events I forget which event it was but he basically said you know you guys are laughing now but uh, you know we're pretty much going to buy you out 
you're you're not going to be laughing. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to be able to make fun of us for too much longer. And to me, that that sounded like it, a lot of the acquisitions that he made thus far were a little bit premeditated. Like some of that stuff was going on because he went in and he knew exactly what was going on, and he knew exactly what he had to do to go ahead and repair it. And we're we're seeing that scenario be played out. At least that's how it seems to me, and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not alone in that thinking because, you know, I've seen others mention it as well, uh, where it has come up. And it's like, you know, all of this seems like it was laid out, but he just couldn't actually say it previously. Mm-hmm. And, and it's five acquisitions, five hundred million dollars. I mean, you you kind of see where it lines up, right? Yeah. In terms of a strategy. And Alex, what about you, man? Do do you feel like there's gonna really be a push forward for this? Do you honestly think they're going to hit their targets that John Chen has mentioned? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I was hoping that BBM would be a big part of this, and, and maybe the stickers thing will pull it over the edge. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I, I think that they are obviously going to focus on just getting that number up because, again, like what I said, and I think a lot of people are saying that money in the bank does so much less than having these software acquisitions that can really help them bring in more revenue. I'd rather them not have $3 billion in the bank. I'd rather them have some very solid infrastructure and companies making them money in the software space. Uh, the longer you sit on money, money goes down. Like, the, the, the worth of money goes down. But if you're you're building this this larger company infrastructure, you, you'd rather have these other companies look good. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to keep doing that, keep acquiring... Just really interesting that from what we've seen so far, it's kind of an aqua hire, right? We're gonna yeah. we're gonna acquire you, but you're gonna be put to work. We're not gonna put you out. Like you need to keep doing what you're doing, which is really positive to see, especially for those that are being bought. It may seem uncertain for them, but it seems like they do have a security in their own job stake here with BlackBerry. Chris, leave us with some final thoughts, man. You're CrackBerry's editor in chief. You are the champion for this voice out here. <laughs> I don't know, man. All your damn devices, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. I mean, like I said earlier, at this point in time, I believe that a lot of people need to go ahead and refocus and basically put their... If you're really a BlackBerry fan at this point in time, then you really need to focus and understand that it's all about BlackBerry survival at this point in time. You need to go ahead and concentrate on that. If you're actually a fan, then it's all about the people who are working for BlackBerry right now and putting in that time and, you know, staying away from their families to help help make sure that everything stays organized. So it's, you know, it comes down to that, you know. As long as BlackBerry survives, uh, I think uh, everything will, will turn out for the positive. Uh, we just have to have to essentially go ahead and stick with it and see where the road takes us. Yep. And and I think really, really at this point, to just right, go right off of what Chris has just said, survival seems to be secured. John Chen spent his first kind of year doing that. Now it's about let's thrive. Let's really get out there and, and change the way the market works. Let's change our own footing in that market and really excel at what we're doing. And again, continue to drive a best-in-class offering. BlackBerry cross-platform hasn't really been best-in-class, which is why they've had such hard... Uh, sells with Bez 12 because, yeah, it supports it, but it doesn't necessarily support it at the same cost proposition that others do. With Good, now they can really look at that and say, look, we got an encompassing offering that goes across the board, which, again, is going to be strong for them. I want to thank everyone for watching, sticking out here with another half hour of this, this cast. <laughs> and, 
out a little drawn out there. You can tell the passion's real heavy here. Look forward to continued upstreams from us, even if it's all Android news. We'll probably still be here. <laughs> Hopefully there's still some BlackBerry 10 goodness to come our way. Alex, always appreciate you taking time out of your busy, busy work schedule, you know, running Berry Flow on the back end and all that stuff. Did I pay this month, Alex? You did. I think <laughs> you just got a reminder that it was late, but I think right. it's still coming in. You're good. Right. Okay. The side will stay up, guys. Good for, uh, good for us on that. <laughs> We're good for another month. We're good. We're good till I make that next payment. Chris as well. You know, I mentioned, Chris, why don't you do an editorial? Why don't you, you know, from the editor's desk, and Chris is like, I do very full up. This is way easier than having to write out all my thoughts and feelings and then to have them misquoted later for God knows what. Well, honestly, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like you know, when I, when I say things, it's much easier to go ahead and lay that out and elaborate it, and people... People can hear that, you know, rather than actually just words on the screen, which, like you said, can be misconstrued and basically dealt in any sort of way that people want to go ahead and deal them out. It's it's much easier just to go ahead and say shit. It's it's funny because like even when that happens, people are gonna come at you and say like, <laughs> yeah, that happens. Says Android on the passport is gonna suck. It's like he didn't say that at all, actually, <laughs> <laughs> at all. He said it wouldn't really be well suited for it. Not it's gonna suck, but all right. <laughs> Keep listening, guys, and actually listen, you know, use your ears. Make some informed decisions. What we're probably going to be doing next week is going to be expanding a little bit more of a Q&A session because I don't expect us to have a lot of news. So if you do have some questions, do on them, give them and submit them to us in the comments now, comments later. We'll be seeing you next week. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Enjoy your time off tomorrow. Spend it with family and friends, and we will catch you next week. Stay tuned for more news about currents as well. It's been very full upstream, guys. Thank you for watching. Thanks a lot, guys. You guys, take care. Peace. Rep it hard. <laughs>